Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms from around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld, and I'm delighted that today is Tuesday, which means it's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in one of our members from around the globe to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to learn more about the state of Florida. And so I've got on the line Sarah Reiner, who's a shareholder at Gray Robinson in the home of Disney World, Orlando, Florida. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Florida is one of the most interesting states in the country. I think we would all agree. And it's a place that I think most of us in the States, we obviously know a heck of a lot about. But I'm not sure everybody overseas does. So I think it might be cool for you to give some insight. Let's say, for example, a company in Asia or Europe was thinking of buying a business or starting an operation in your state. Can you give them a little sense of what it's like to do business there? Absolutely. So just a little bit of background regarding Florida. We have a population of approximately 21 million and growing. We have a governor and independently elected cabinet, along with the legislature. It has both Senate and House. English is the primary language here, but we do have a significant Spanish-speaking population, along with various other languages that are spoken throughout the state and a growing diversity of residents. In terms of our economy, we have the fourth largest GDP in the United States. And in fact, ours is larger than all, but about 16 countries. So business is is booming here in Florida. In terms of things to know, we are very much a pro-business climate. Florida is a right-to-work, you know, at-will work state. However, there has been a push more recently for certain additional employee protections and, you know, we're always kind of monitoring those as well. You talk about a right-to-work state. How unionized is the state compared to other states in the country? So Florida does have multiple unions that are currently operating here in the state. Typically, you see those in the context of local government, hospitality, schools, the medical industry. Those are where we find our, our primary unions. And then, of course, in terms of various transportation and travel industry. And, you know, Americans, we always think of Florida as a place to go for vacation, right? And obviously you being in Orlando, that's a place a lot of folks like to go to visit Disney World. What are the biggest industries besides hospitality in, in Florida? Well, you're definitely correct. Hospitality, tourism is the one that people always think of first when it comes to Florida. What many are surprised to find out is that we also have a very diverse economy. We have a lot of aviation and aerospace here, agriculture, technology, medical industry, and then uh, we're also very big in terms of international trade. And that ties into our great transportation infrastructure. And we're always growing and building upon, you know, we have international airports, deep water seaports, and extensive highway and, and rail networks that we're adding on to as well. And in the international trade space, I'm assuming that a lot of that is with the Latin American countries. Give us a little sense for that. What countries are doing tremendous amounts of business with your state? Absolutely, Latin America. But we're seeing a lot from the European Union as well. I have quite a few clients that I work with there. And 
we're really seeing the trade corridors open worldwide. So, you know, I'm dealing with clients who are dealing with other companies based in India, you know, and various other locations. Why would you still don't have a state income tax? That's correct. We still do not have a state income tax. Which is pretty amazing. There are only a couple of states, I think, left in the country that don't have one. So that's got to be somewhat of a driver of business to set it up there. It is very much so. And then we also offer business incentives, both in our urban centers and rural areas as well. So we are really attracting quite a bit of, you know, multinational companies and industries and enjoying great growth. And, you know, I've been asking some other folks about this as we go around the United States. A lot of folks outside of America don't understand that non-compete agreements are different based on the states that they're in. What's the current state of the law in Florida? Can you have a non-compete in the state? And if so, what kind of issues typically come up? Yes. So you can have a non-compete or restrictive covenant here in the state of Florida. They are governed by statute. And then, of course, the case law surrounding the statute. It's 542.335 here. There are frequently different amendments and things that are proposed to it to either kind of narrow the scope of those. And so we're consistently watching those. But as a general matter, you can restrict both competition. It has to be narrowly tailored, though, to protect your legitimate business interests. You can restrict solicitations of customers and clients, and you can tailor those restrictions and the length of those restrictions based on various categories. So, you know, one that involves trade secrets or the sale of a business is more likely to be enforced for a longer period of time in Florida than just a run-of-the-mill restrictive covenant dealing with, you know, a former sales associate who's leaving the company or something like that. So, you know, it's definitely a fact-based inquiry in conjunction with an examination of the statute but we do allow them and courts here in in Florida do enforce them as well. Absolutely. They enforce them. You know, that is uh, one of the things that businesses here in Florida also enjoy is the ability to kind of protect their trade secrets and their confidential and proprietary business information. And they find that it's very important, particularly in the global economy and in their dealings here in the U S to be able to do that. You know, one of the other things to consider here is, Anytime you're going into a new jurisdiction, you know, what are some of the laws and things that may apply? And in addition to the restrictive covenant issue, what laws will apply to you in Florida also kind of deals on the location you open up the business, the nature of the industry that you're operating in, and then also the size of your company as an employer. So, you know, if you have 15 or more employees, you're going to have to comply with the Florida Civil Rights Act, which prohibits discrimination and retaliation along similar lines, you know, as Title VII. And then Florida also has its own Commission on Human Relations that has a work share agreement with the EEOC. Then there are also local employment laws that, for instance, a county or municipality may enforce for employers who fall below that 15 threshold. So those are things to consider as well. But, But generally speaking, notwithstanding those laws and everything, Florida is a very business friendly state. Well, you know, it's interesting to wrap things up here a little bit. I think that that blows away some folks outside the United States to understand that you go to a state like Florida and somebody like you as an employment lawyer have to give them advice on the way it is in Miami versus Orlando versus Tampa. In other words, each city often has its own rules that apply on the employment law front. Yes, 
That's true. And, you know, that's something we're always monitoring as well in terms of the legislature, because it's an issue that's come up in the past in terms of, you know, attempting to limit what they call local rule in certain cases and regarding various issues. But at the end of the day, so long as a local law is is not seen to expressly conflict with a state law or a federal law or something like that, then, then generally it is going to be enforceable. Right. Well, look, thank you so much. Really enjoyed the discussion, Sarah. If you want to connect with Sarah, feel free to click on her bio, which is by her name in the description of this podcast. You can also visit her and look up any other members from around the world by going to ela.law, where you'll also receive information on our upcoming webinars, download our white papers, and access our on-demand content, which includes the free online global compliance manual called the Global Port Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the world. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.